0: the depths of unrepented sin, taken captive by unforgiveness. Hi, welcome to the Light of Deception. Today, I'm going to be talking about forgiveness and unforgiveness. What does that mean to hold on to bitterness, resentment? What does it mean to hold on to all kinds of animosity? And what does that mean Not to the other person that you might be angry with, that you might be having offense towards, but that person yourself. What does that do to you when you're harboring unforgiveness? And so much has been forgiven us. So I go back to the beginning. I want to talk a little bit about what the site is about for you guys who are first and, you know, just coming on the site for the first time. We are a site that talks about the light of deception, which is that false light, that false Luciferian, you know, the light, the light that is called is actually darkness. So when Lucifer himself is declaring that he can appear as an angel of light. So it's that illusion that that you're into some kind of enlightenment but it's a false enlightenment. It is actually deception. So this this site is mostly about talking about church and world deception from a biblical viewpoint. And so here we go we're gonna be talking about what the Bible says about Forgiveness and unforgiveness. Let's start off in Mark 11, uh, 25 through 26. It says forgiveness and prayer. So let's start there. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against someone, forgive him that your father in heaven may also forgive your trespasses. But if you do not but if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. So that makes a lot of sense because so much has been forgiven us. So much, you know, our, our sin is not light. It cost him his only begotten son. It cost him, you know, to, for Jesus to come down here, he took on flesh, Right. And he lived a perfectly blameless, spotless life, showed us how to live our own lives and then died as a ransom for us. In his innocent imperfection, he traded for our guilt and shame to wash over us with his righteous blood, to break the chains of bondage and set us aside clothed in his righteous standard. So it cost him his only begotten son, God incarnate, right, died as a ransom for all of us. So forgiving somebody's sins and transgressions against us is something that should be done, in, and it's not, it's actually good for us. It's good for us to forgive, so then you're not in bondage to that anger and that resentment that just stirs up discord, right? That even when you're in that person's presence that you can't, either you have to muster it up being fake, or you just cannot stand being in the same room with that person. Well, it'll free you up from those resentments. It doesn't mean that the relationship is reconciled, because if that guy, if that person has not apologized, has not repented, then you don't need to restore the relationship. But forgiveness is for yourself. Now, let's see what it says in Matthew 6, 14 through 15. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your Father, your Heavenly Father, will also forgive you but if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will the Father forgive your trespasses. It's almost like Matthew and Mark are about the same when it comes to that. It doesn't mean that you're not saved. It doesn't mean that, but it has a separation of unforgiveness, right? That it's going to have some separation between Um, The separation between you and God in unforgiveness because um, he paid such an ultimate cost for our sins and transgressions, right? To wash over us in his only begotten sons, his, his death and his, you know, taking on the sins of the world those kind of things so it's going to be a division because it says if you bring something to right if you're bringing your prayers and supplications if you're bringing these things and you have an offense against your brother then you need to reconcile those things first before you bring your gifts matthew five twenty three through 24 therefore if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you Leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Right, so here's another one in Ephesians 4:32. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. And it is no small thing what he did for all of us now in Matthew 18 21 through 22 I like this parable it says the parable of unforgiving servant this is that story about the man that was forgiven so much debt right was uh, begging and you know for because it was going to be cost him everything right it was going to cost him is um, freedom, you know, because he owed such a great debt and what he did with that. This is such a great story um, to um, teach us. Let's see what it says here. It says, Then Peter came. This is the parable again of the unforgiving servant. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Wow, that's a lot of forgiveness, right? But Jesus took on the sins of the world. So it frees you up. It doesn't reconcile the relationship. So we're talking about this wicked person. Or this person that was using this king's money in an unwise way. And I'm going to read this to you as well. Matthew eighteen twenty-three through 35, the parable of the unforgiving servant. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay, he, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that they had, and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Then the master of the servant was moved with compassion, released him. And forgave him his debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred, Demeria, Demeria. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he shall pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved, and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all the debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you. And his master was angry, and and delivered him to the torturers, until he showed he should pay all that was done to him. So my Heavenly Father also will do to you, if each of you, from his heart, does not forgive his brother his trespasses. But the, really, the, sum, the summation was what, really that, what happened there was the, the king forgave this person that owed so much. Uh, even in a lifetime, he couldn't pay the debt from the money that he was embezzling, taking from the king and using his money unwisely. And so because he said, have mercy on me and be patient with me and I'll pay it back, which the debt was so big, he wasn't gonna be able to pay it back. So the king forgave this man. But now this man that is forgiven, this other person owed him money. So it wasn't nearly as much as what he owed the king. It was such a small amount of money that uh, could have been paid back in in a certain amount of time. But he said, he grabbed the the man by his neck and said, you owe me this money. And he said, have mercy on me. And he didn't. He was getting the man thrown into prison before he, until his debt was paid. So now the king finds out about this man that he's forgiven so much, right? That all this debt that he owed the king was so wicked to this other guy that owed him so little that now, because of the way he responded, he put this man in the torture chambers until he could pay his debt back. So do you see this as a, the debts that are forgiveness and unforgiveness and what it leads to when somebody does, does such a high sacrifice on your behalf and, and paid your debt, right, and your debt in full that you couldn't pay back? What does that sound like? Right. Jesus paid that debt price for all of us and then this man doesn't take it and offer the same back to somebody that owes him money so much little and what was brutal with him and choking him right? and what it ultimately costed him when he wasn't able to receive the gift of the pardon of the debt that was owed, he ended up going to and paying a very high price for what he did to the other man. So what I'm saying is it's not hard it's not 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 easy to forgive somebody a great deal of stuff that they have done to you. I'm not sure what it is. In in a lifetime many things have happened to me and so I'm just in just in the global aspect so much has been done against people. But as people have forgiven us, we should be able to forgive them as Jesus has paid the debt for all of our sins we should be able to forgive much but it does not reconcile that relationship that's different because that person still needs to come apologize they need to repent of the sins that they have done against you but it frees you up to be in their presence again and not be in bitterness and resentment and and entangled and, and imprisoned to bondage to the way that you feel that it just keeps stirring up inside you this anger, this because hurt turns in anger, and the anger turns into bitter, bitterness, and we don't want to be in that prison of unforgiveness. So forgive, but doesn't mean to reconcile. Reconcile as repentance is offered. And I hope that helps you to know the difference between forgiving to free yourself up, right, and reconciling relationship because that would be fake if somebody has not come back and apologize hasn't come back to repentance and then you would have to be absolutely fake to say to, to make it look like it's okay when it's when, the, when the, the maybe the sin against you the the what you're looking for as far as offering forgiveness could be huge and maybe at this point somebody says they're sorry and they apologize, but, the, but the, the sin against you, the crime against you is so huge that maybe it doesn't, you know, reconcile the relationship. But it actually, um, you can part ways and just move on and forward and not hold on to such bitterness. I think that's what it is. It's, it frees you up. And if you choose to forgive somebody that has a huge debt that they owe to you for what they've done, the crimes against you, you know, and um, does it free them up as they apologize to you? If it's from a really um, kind heart, if they really did it, truly did it and truly apologize to you, does it mean that you'll forget? You know, do you ever forget, does a father forget the sins that you've done or he doesn't hold that to your account? That's what it is. It doesn't hold it to your account because of Jesus and what Jesus did for all of us. So I hope it helps you to step out in faith, to forgive, to let go of those burdens and those angry um, resentful and entangle and bondagements and it frees you up as a person so you move forward right? And so then we can always look up and say, gosh, the Father did it for me. He paid the ultimate price and Jesus paid it all for all of us. So then we should be able to offer that kind of forgiveness to others, even if they don't deserve it. Did we deserve it? That's the question. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.